The Evermore podcast is now sponsored by WFST Total Compliance. WFST provides fire safety requirements UK-wide to prepare you and your employees should the worst happen. Do what you do best and visit wfst.co.uk today. Enjoy the episode. We've never all welcome back to the Evermore YouTube channel. It's Monday night. It's 10 p.m. Me and Mark are asking the same question we do every Monday night, but Louis Miley won't be able to listen to this because he'll be in bed because he's only a young lad. What's going on? What's going on with you, Mark? Good, man. How are you doing? I'm he's very there. good. He'll be tired after his, his effort on Saturday as well. He was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. As long as, as long as he's not sharing a room with somebody who stays up too late, God bless him. But yes, we'll be talking about this absolute wonder boy uh, as the episode goes on. No doubt about it. But it's been a cracking week so far for Newcastle. A huge week. Obviously, part one done. Part two is tomorrow, which we'll, we will talk a little bit about. Huge game tomorrow. Then obviously roll on to the weekend to battle that shite team that we call United, the other United, the Manchester United. But there'll be plenty of that to get stuck into as the week progresses. But tonight, we've got plenty of crack and banter for you, as always on what's going on. As we always say before we start any episode, if you are new to the channel, you're just checking us out for the first time, hello, bonjour if you're in France. Uh, nice to have you on board. Why don't you smash that button, hang around a little bit longer, subscribe. We are over 5,900 subs. We're so close. We're, we're so close to 6K. I want 6K for Christmas, as I said. Fuck what Mariah Carey wants. I want 6K. Come on, give us 6K for Christmas, guys. We'll be buzzing. We've had an unbelievable year so far, and 6K to end 2023 would really just top us off. Absolutely brilliant. Smash that button. All free content. If you do want to give a bit back to the channel, there is a member option there as well. And we are live tonight, as a few of you have already jumped in. My favourite handle, who always likes to test me out, is the old angry noob gamer, is in the house. Good to see you, mate. Simon's in the house. Mad Mag is here. George is here. Who is a member? If you want to join George, click the button. You know what to do. Ian's here as well, as is BT. And Santo, evening to you as well. Love that picture. It's fantastic. It looks like some kind of crazy pissed camel with some spaghetti on the head. Love it. So let's get stuck in then, Mark. There's only one place to start, isn't there, really? And it's the boy wonder, mate. It's the boy wonder. 17. <laughs> crazy piss camels just got me completely. Crazy piss camel. I, I tell you what, it's a marketing sensation. We can have t-shirts and mugs everywhere. Crazy piss camel. But anyway, going going back to somebody who's not crazy, somebody who's absolutely fucking mint, and that is Louis Miley, seventeen years old. Mark, what were you doing at seventeen? I bet you weren't putting killer passes through to a brilliant centre forward to score against Chelsea, were you, mate? No, I definitely wasn't doing that. We'd probably go to the pub, mate. We'd probably go to I the pub. I think the height of my, 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 my year of 17 was probably going into Reels and Whitley. And, yeah. Or um, Sylvester's on a, on a Thursday night or something like that. Thursday. Thursday, as it was uh, notoriously Bay. known as, mate. Absolutely. I definitely yeah. wasn't playing against Chelsea at St. James's Park. There we go. That's uh, No. Yeah, look, he was, he was absolutely brilliant. Um. I mean, there were so many, so many players to choose from to to kind of cover from the, from the game on Saturday. But but Miley, I think just purely and simply when you, you and it, and it's been covered already by by loads. But you you put a seventeen year old lad up against a World Cup winner, up against effectively two hundred million pound midfielders across the game in, in Fernandez and um, Enzo and Caicedo, up against. One of England's, um, well, Southgate's picks now for, for every squad. Um, he's shit. Was, Spit it out, Mark. He's shit. Absolutely. <laughs> Conor Gallagher did absolutely nothing. He's fucking and, terrible. And, and he looked, he, he didn't look out of place. He, he looked like he, he, you know, he was he was quick to, to close. He was good on the ball. He was so calm with the ball. So, so calm. Um, and and he, he played like a player five, six, seven years older. Um, he was composed when he got it. He, he, yes, he gave it away a couple of times, um, but I mean, it was just—I mean—brought ahead by that that brilliant through ball for Isaac's goal. Um, the the way that he just takes the touch and then 
he sees, I mean, it's like the, the Red Sea parting before him as the Chelsea defenders get sucked all over the place. Um, and they, they haven't got a clue. And he's like stood there in the middle going, is it is it Christmas already? Because he's just given the, the, you know, acres and acres of space. Miley spots it so, so quickly. That one touch, the, the, the ball through to him was just sublime. Um, but he was brilliant. He was absolutely brilliant. Um and for a lad of that age too, and and go on and on and on about his age, but it, that thing—he's seventeen. This is his first start at St James's Park in the league. He does not look out of place, and alongside Bruno, who I thought was magnificent as well, um, they, he just he, he rocked the place. He really did, and and up against that that caliber of midfielder that that a lot of teams were were sort of scrambling over. He, he was head and shoulders above them. He really was. He really was. I love the goal. Just before we get stuck into that, we've got a donation from Colin, £5 in the Super Jack. Thank you, Scott. Really appreciate that, mate. Great to have you on board tonight. So what I loved as well about the goal, I think I said it in the post-match as well, and a lot of people picked up on it. Um, obviously, when Isaac scored the goal, he was actually quite surprised, I think, that the ball came to him. And what I love about the pass as well, I was talking to somebody about this earlier on the day. So Louis Miley, 17 years old, you know, St. James's Park, 50-odd thousand there. A lot of people would be rattled. A lot of people would have either shot. A lot of people might have even looked for an easier ball. He had Almiron to his right-hand side. Bruno is screaming at him next to him, absolutely screaming at him and saying, give me the ball. And he then slips the ball through just with pure composure. He's passed to, you know, international class players in the Chelsea shirts that are way more experienced than he is. To Isaac, who looked generally shocked when the ball came. Oh, fuck, I've got the ball. And then when Isaac spins, I mean, he's... The way Isaac sorts his feet out, I and mean, we'll come on at Isaac in a minute, the way he sorts his feet out so quickly to take the finish, is just that shows you what he's all about. But what I loved, he ran away to celebrate, and then he obviously realised in that moment, oh shit, hang on a minute, you know, the, the boy's just got his first assist, which we'll come on to some statistics about where he sits in that in a minute. But this is what I absolutely loved. All of the players just flocked around Louis Miley, as you can see from the picture there. I mean, the kid was buzzing, the smile on his face. You know, it was like he got his, you know, the puppy for Christmas or something. The look on his face was absolutely fucking class. It really was. And then Isaac just did what footballers do. Just the passion got him. And he was like screaming in his face, just like, ah, and like Gordon comes running over and he's just like, you're fucking mint. You know, and everyone's giving him that. And honestly, if you could bottle how that kid must have felt there, Mark, and sell that, you'd be a rich individual but but he didn't let it go to his head he didn't get overawed he wasn't trying stupid things afterwards he was just he was so calm i mean listen i'm not going to get into superlatives right but he is he is the jordi iniesta right it's pretty clear um but he, you know people are talking like carrick mark too and all of that and I, I don't want to get on that bandwagon yet right but michael carrick had that kind of composure at a young age as well he didn't look rattled he didn't look phased you know and i, I worked with a kid who played uh, for the same school team as michael carrick and he said he was always like that Everybody else was rushing and kicking and panicking. And Michael Carrick just seemed like he had loads of time, way more time than anybody else. Louis Miley seems to have that at such a young age, that time on the ball mark, that that, that, that presence, that that kind of <clears throat> vision and, and calmness in his mind to just not rush things. I mean, he's got a huge game tomorrow, which we'll talk about in a minute. But but Mark, how how good could this this kid be for us? If that's what he's doing in his second appearance in the Premier League, man, how how good could he be? Yeah, look, it's almost a dangerous game to get to get too overhyped for somebody so mm -hmm. young. But when you've when you've played as well as he has, and that's that's twice now he's done that to Chelsea once in preseason and once in in, in the league. And and I think you'd be forgiven to looking at the, the preseason game and going, it is just preseason. But mm -hmm. it's the caliber of the players he's playing against, and and he, he just. Again, he, he doesn't look overawed. He, he just he looks like he fits. He looks like he belongs at that level already. And usually, you've got to wait two or three years before you start to see that that come out of the place. The the great ones, the likes of Rooney, um, Gerard, and, and Gerard as well when he made his appearance and stuff. Yeah, yeah they, they Owen as well when he was sort of seventeen. They yeah. look like they belong on the on the biggest stage from day one, and and, and Louis Miley does. He absolutely looks like he belongs on on that stage. Going back to the goal, and, I, and nobody's, I don't think anybody's really picked up on this yet, but can we just have a moment of appreciation for the control? As that ball gets floated in from, um, from Kieran Trippier from the right, 
the control that Anthony Gordon has with the back of his head. Yeah, I'm not, sure he really, I'm not sure he really meant that, mate. I watched it again earlier and I hadn't spotted it the first sort of three or four times I watched, watched the goal. And I looked at it and went, he ducks down and the ball just bounces off the top. It, it's almost this brilliant cushioned, cushioned um, play where he just brings the ball down. He obviously run, runs on after it and that, the, the rest is history. But that was just, I, I watched it again and I think I've, I've watched that bit four or five times again it's just brilliant so we, we need to give um, Anthony Gordon some props for that because I thought that was excellent Listen. Listen, Gordon's going to get plenty of props in a bit, especially not just for what he did on the pitch, but what he did when somebody was off the pitch as well, which was absolutely superb, to be fair. But um, I mean, going back to, to obviously Louis Miley, because um, he, he is getting all of the plaudits, and rightly so, to be fair. So, so Louis Miley has joined the list of youngest assist makers. As you can see, some of the names that are up there, uh, I mean, some of them some of them make you go, what? you got Jordan Ibe and Nigel Causey, but you're talking about Wayne Rooney's up there. Aaron Lennon, who was a real player when he was at Leeds, you know, when he burst through, he was absolutely brilliant. Phil Phones up there, Aaron Ramsey, Theo Walcott. You know, th there's some real players up there. And, and for 17 years old, for Louis Mayer to join that list. Um, I remember when we signed Genus when he was, was he 18, Genus from Forest, I think? And I remember this skinny little beanpole kid coming to play for Newcastle. And I remember him playing against Vieira, one game and, and I, I thought we had a superstar in the making there I really did because he bossed Vieira in that game he, he went toe-to-toe -to -toe with him at 18 and everyone was thinking Jesus Christ what could this kid be Miley kind of reminds me a bit of, of what I saw with Genus back then even though he was 18 he was way beyond his years I mean you hopefully has a better career he's not hosting the fucking one show by the time he's 30 odd or something like that I'm sure he will <laughs> to be fair to the kid because he seems to have his head screwed on but but I think to have that composure I mean this is a kid who's played against City in the Cup. He's, you know, he's made his debut at home against Chelsea St. James. He's in Boston. You know, he's he's been come off the bench against Dortmund. You know, he's going to start probably against PSG in the Parc des Princes to, tomorrow. And, you know, the more big game exposure you get for these kids, we saw it with a class of 92, Mark. If you're good enough, you know, you're old enough. And, and I really do think all these big games for this lad are just going to help his development even more, man. Yeah, it's, it's almost an odd thing in England, isn't it, where we, we, you get these players that, that come through every now and again and, and so many people say it's too it's too early to, to throw them in. It's far too early. You've only got to look at the likes of uh, uh, and two goalkeepers straight off the bat, the likes of Casillas and, and, and Don Rumer, who broke through into the first team at such a young age. Um, but but you, you go back to the likes of Rooney and, and, and Owen and stuff. Who Look, if you're good enough, you play. I, I don't care how old you are. Um, that you have to be given the time to develop your game in and amongst the best players at the club, and he's obviously doing that in training. He's showing now in games that he that he can do it. And he he has to stay there. I mean, I'm not saying he has to start every game. I don't think that would be the way to do it. There will be games that don't suit him right now, but I definitely think he 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 deserves a lot more game time now that we've we've seen exactly what he can do. He will be. I, I, I genuinely believe he will be absolutely special, and, and, and it just goes to show to be on that list as well. When you look at, is it obviously Sesk on, on that list too? Yeah, Fabregas. I forgot um, Fabregas. Fucking hell, he's there as well. Fabregas has 111 or something assists <laughs> yeah. in the Premier League um, for for both Arsenal and, and Chelsea. Look, if he can get anywhere near that, you know what what a, you know what a stellar career he's, he's going to have had. So he's kind of almost a yardstick at this point um, to, mm. to go and see what he can do in this league. But the signs are really, really promising for him. He just looks, he does look just such a special talent. He does. I mean, I mean, people have been talking about him, I think waxing lyrically about him for a long time in, in the youth setup. You know, we don't know as much about the youth team as a lot of other people would do. But but I have heard people talking about this kid for a long time, even before he come on the scene. I did hear that. Um I did laugh. Somebody put a statistic actually and said he was 13 in the first lockdown, which scared the shit out of me. Um, <laughs> you know, which you just think, oh my God, how young is he? You know what I mean? But I think he was born after she was testimony that I was at the game. You're thinking, fucking hell. Um, but, but yeah, people have been waxing lyrically about the potential the lad has. And, and that, that probably is testament to his raw ability because our academy has not been great over the last few years. It's only really been the last couple of years they started probably investing in it a lot more. You know, we have struggled a bit I think to entice players you know not many of them wanted to have a bath in a wheelie bin or sit in the paddling pool out in the grass under the Ashley era so I do think that you know to, to pick a player up like this and, and have him in the academy and 
you know, and get him to a level where he is as good as he is. And he's only going to get better with great coaching like Eddie Howe. And like I said, I've said it before, I'm not bringing it back to Matty Longstaff, but I'm quite gutted for Matty Longstaff that he isn't coming through now under this coach because I think we would have been able to harness that raw ability that Matty had, you know, when he burst onto the scene against Manchester United. It's a real shame for Matty. You know, I hope he does move on and, you know, have a good career somewhere else. But I think for Miley, you know, I honestly do think Miley has the potential to be probably one of the best that we've had. I mean, if you think about the last genuine star that we've had from the academy, and this might sound harsh to Sean. Sean's a really good player, but the last genuine player that come out of our academy that people went, wow, was probably Andy Carroll. You know, when he become that beast centre-forward, and especially that first half of the Premier League that made Liverpool pay 35 million quid from. I generally think that Miley could be that next one, that next big wow player that's come through our academy with the right coach and the right development, you know, and as you said, more players around him, like, you know, I think I said it in the post-match, Bruno and Joe were like two big brothers looking after him on a night out, you know what I mean? Like, anytime somebody tried to rough him up, they were just flying in and rattling people, you know, and you were just thinking, that's what you want. You, you know, if you think back to, you know, Beckham and Scholes and those players playing for Manchester United, there was a Roy Keane or a Paul Ince or a, Brian Robson or somebody just rattling a player that was trying it on with them. And you need the senior players to, to look after him. And just a bit on Bruno as well, actually. Everyone's probably seen it. I absolutely love Bruno. If you have, don't love Bruno already, you've got to love him for this. You know, the BBC Newcastle were interviewing him and they obviously asked about Louis Miley. And he said this, he said, Louis Miley's a, a superstar. He said, when I was 17, I was shit. <laughs> Which is just, you got to love Bruno for that one. Just the honesty, mate, isn't it? Oh, I'm not talking about Sammy Amiobi, mate. Come on, he had he had a couple of moments, Simon. Come on, Sammy Amiobi. Mind you, though, mind you, he was there. And yeah, I'm not talking about back in those days. Ronald Gaza was definitely the, the the standout, best player, probably the academy's ever produced. Really, arguably him and Beardsley. I know Beardsley moved on and then came back, but him and Beardsley probably the best two that we've ever produced. But that was back when we used to produce good players before all the big teams started snapping them up, didn't they, really? You know, if you think about like say, Carrick, Mark, and even Shearer going away to Southampton, you know. Well, they they, they weren't given a chance, were they? But they, this was no. back at a, a time when Newcastle's academy, or it wasn't even an academy, was it? The youth setup was dreadful. And, and those behave. players... Behave, yeah. Yeah, behave, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mark. Stevie Taylor with the, the best shot by a sniper impression I've ever seen in my entire life. But yeah, yeah. Um, but like, it, yeah, those, those players at a time where where Newcastle were were dreadful at, at looking after their young players, at scouting young players, and the, the natural path for them was to go elsewhere. I mean, there's a reason why the likes of Shearer walks walks away from Wolves End and go goes to enter yeah. Southampton because. There was no route into into Newcastle. They, they weren't good enough to pick these players up um, and, and develop them. Now is the time. It's taken so so long to you get the odd one that will come through. Now is the time for that to really grow and mm. the building the structure around that to to really develop the young players that are in the area to the, the young players that they can then bring in from from elsewhere as well and maybe go and poach these players from 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 other areas because that's what's been missing massively yeah and Anderson's another one as well we kind of overlook him he's another great local talent that we'll, we'll manage to get as well to be fair uh, that's a great start that tight he's only six years older than the mascot he walked on with <laughs> I think that's absolutely mint I love that I absolutely love it the mighty win says he has to start every game in the minute to be honest with you I don't disagree with that I mean let's see how he does tomorrow which we'll come on to in a minute but if he bosses it tomorrow Mark fucking hell I can't see anybody getting in ahead of him. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, exactly. I mean, look, the, the the worry is at the moment that he isn't fully developed. He is only seventeen, so he, look, he's got a lot of, of sort of strength and conditioning to, to go in, in building up, you know, his stature and, and in his physicality in the game. So playing him too much is is a worry. You know, you you, you don't want to have him play 20, 20 25 games on the spin because. He, he will probably go down more quickly, and, and yeah, exactly. Um, he he'll need time to recover. He, he'll need games off. He'll need to be able to maybe come on off um, in, in games from the bench and things like that. But like I said, if he's good enough, you, you he, he plays. He, he's going to play more often than not. I think over the or certainly over the next couple of years, he's just he, yeah. he's, he's brilliant. 
I do love that comment from Simon. The bench did look like Louis brought his mates from six form along for a kick around. Yeah, that's very true, Simon. Very true. I saw I saw somebody post earlier on on X that um, I think the, the two lads that came on were both born after the PS3 came out or something like that. And I just sat there and went, oh, God, I feel even more old now. Just that's so scary. That's so, that's so scary. So scary. I mean, speaking, speaking of benches, actually, you know, before we get into the, the guy who scored the goal that Louis Mayer passed the great ball to, um, this was just a little great, interesting statistic. So, I mean, a lot of the mainstream media had us losing this game in the weekend. I don't know why, because uh, Chelsea haven't been great shakes. We've had two, you know, decent results, if you will, against Spurs, who completely fell off the map, and uh, Man City. Um, but this was the bench difference between the two sides of the weekend, Mark. I mean, the Chelsea bench cost £270 million. I mean, they brought Mudrick on. And, I mean, that guy is a fucking hell, honestly. Somebody somebody is over in Ukraine, um, you know, fighting in that war who is the real Mudrick. And this kid's just snuck over here and pretended to be Mudrick because he doesn't look like an £80 million winger to me. He looks fucking terrible. He really, really does. Um, their bench was £270 million quid. Our bench was 15 million. I mean, that we beat them 4 1. Yeah, and it, and it had three, three, what was it? Three goalkeepers, three four keepers, and a couple of old age pensioners on there as well. Um, and and it was 12 of that 15 was Matt Ritchie or something, wasn't it? Or 10 of that 15 so. was Matt yeah. Ritchie. <clears throat> I do so, think so, yeah. I mean, it's just incredible the, the amount of money that's in that squad, and they were so poor. I mean, you're right, Mudrick is. is Dreadful. Whether or not he will, he will get better. He doesn't look like he has. He has flashes. He's got loads of pace. He's got loads of trickery. He's got no end product at all. Um, And he's a whingy face little twat as well, isn't he? He just moans like fuck all the time, doesn't he? What a bell end he is. Honestly, I'd go right through him if I was a fullback. Honestly, I'd take him out thigh height. I really would just to watch him roll like a little bitch that he is. I can't bear him. I hate players like that. Drive me up the fucking wall. To, to be fair, most of their players were, were, were a lot like that on Saturday. That they, the mon, the the free kick that was given for for the for the foul on um, Raheem Sterling that led to their goal. Um, yeah. It is 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 not a foul. I mean, it's on the same lines as the. I don't know whether you saw the the City goal that was was disallowed. For the um, the arm from Nathan Ake on. Oh no, I've never seen that Allison. one. I missed one. I mean, it's it's the it's the barest of touches. He, he, he barely lays a finger on him, um, and the goal's chalked off. But for that one, I mean, Trippier, yeah, you shouldn't he shouldn't put his hand where he does. But he, he hardly touches him. It's still, still in, yeah, still did go down easily, didn't he? Yeah, he did yeah, go down easily. He's, he definitely he does that a lot. And we saw a second half as well where he he dives for the penalty. How the fuck is that not a yellow card, by the way? Yeah. No, where's sure. where's the yellow cards gone for diving for, for these things? It, it's it's another one that really pisses you off because I mean he's got form for it anyway. Um, but I mean that's a, that's as blatant a dive as, as there is. There's, there's no way that that was, was a foul. I'm sorry, that, that should have been a book in it. That was their only option was to to try and do things like that because Chelsea was so they were so far off the pace and and this because Newcastle were just so good. And apart from when it was a five a five minute spell after that the equaliser, Chelsea were were not allowed to sniff. Newcastle dominated, and that midfield bossed it completely. As a put in the tape for this, and it comes down to obviously a seventeen year old lad bossing hundred million pound midfielders, but the other two as well. Let's not forget those in this because Bruno was, well, he had no no, no I think those headline grabbing moments or anything he was fantastic he his ability on the ball he moved around he got in people's faces he he closed well he used the ball he didn't give it away and joe linton was brilliant um as well apart from the header um which well, let's let's not talk about that <laughs> let's, let's not remind but ourselves of that were, were just brilliant Brilliant. No, absolutely. But there's somebody else who was brilliant when he needed to be was Alexander Rizak. And you know, you, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, certainly in the in the, in the Bournemouth game, I think as well. The lack of a centre forward, um, and it was so it was so obvious how much we were missing a centre forward, a focal point. Um, you know, we have got two brilliant centre forwards. That goal to game ratio was unbelievable. It really is. Um, you know, their movement, their, their, their prowess in front of goal, their ability is, is is unquestionable. I think when they're fit, we've arguably got two of the best centre-forwards in the league in terms of, you know, the ability to chop and change 
one for the other, very different type of players. They can play together as well. But I, I do think that, you know, individually they're, they're, they're fantastic. But Isaac come back from being out, Mark. Um, we didn't know, think he was going to start when we did the preview. A lot of people probably didn't either. He started the game. He looked a little bit rusty in the first kind of few minutes. I think he gets a chance where he should volley and he doesn't doesn't take it. Um, but when he needed it to be, the quick feet was there with a the pass from Miley and you know, and he put the ball in the back of the net. He's probably going to start um against PSG tomorrow. And it just gives us a completely different dynamic, even in the you know, the Champions League games where Wilson has played, he's not Isaac, is he? Isaac has that ability to just, you know, peel off people's shoulders and just and just you know cause so much damage. I mean, people are talking about Mbappe and Mbappe and Mbappe. You know, I watched Paris Saint-Germain concede two really shit goals against Monaco. Yeah, they battered in five two. But I was looking thinking, if Alexander Isaac's on that pitch, you lot are in trouble there. There's gaps there for him to find. And it's great to see him back, mate, isn't it? It is, and, and yeah, you go back to the the, the Bournemouth game, and, and I said right then the and, and that that passing um, sort of graph that that I brought up, it showed that the, the focal point in that game there just wasn't one. There was nobody that that, that was the the play that led the line as, as much as Gordon or, or Joe Linton tried to do their best in that. They're not centre forwards. They're not going to be able to do that. And in games where you are struggling. To, to really keep the ball and um, put pressure on on centre-backs. And the way Bournemouth play, they utilise their centre-backs really, really well. You come into the, the the Chelsea game and there's that there's that point of the attack, isn't there, where Isaac's running either at those defenders or pulling them away and he just drops into spaces. Like you said, he can, where the, the defenders are split, he can find the gaps between them. He pulls left, he pulls right, he can go through the middle. He's got the pace to trouble them one on one as well, and especially up against the like of um, Silver. Where I mean, Silver's what sixty three now. Um, he's he's knocking on a bit. He hasn't got the pace there, and and, and it shows that he then forces you into mistakes. Um, and, and another mistake comes from him, particularly later on with with Joe Linton's goal. But the, it's that it's those players around with with the ability to to press. Um, and really put those defenders under pressure that, that causes those mistakes. But Isaac's ability to do that is, is fantastic because he just, when he's fit and firing, he, he, he doesn't stop running. Um, he, he may not always get the ball, but he's always pulling defenders around and his pace and his trickery is, is, is deadly. You know, the number of Premier League defenders he's made absolute fools of with the ball at his feet because he, it's like it's attached to him with elastic. He's, he is... He, the. Like I say, that, that focal point, having a striker in there that can do something like that is worth its weight in gold, and especially for this side where you have to lead from the front in, the, in that press. Yeah, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more, mate, to be honest with you. But I, I just I just think that there was another player that was brilliant as well, which was Anthony Gordon. You know, We'll, we'll get into his, uh, his performance for being absolutely brilliant. But as you mentioned, uh, Silva and his legs go, which I did say in the preview, and I was proven to be right, certainly with that third goal. There was a weird moment in the game where Silva, I think Silva forgot he was like, was he 46 or something like that? And he tried to do something quite cocky and skillful against you know one of the fastest players in the league who presses relentlessly like a fucking wasp buzzing around your pint of lager in the beer garden. And he totally lost the ball. Uh, made a cock of himself, and Anthony Gordon decided to respond in kind by just pointing at him and having a bit of a laugh, which I thought was was brilliant. The confidence of Gordon just to point and laugh at a, a World Cup. You know, how many caps has he had for Brazil? Has he won the World Cup? He probably has. Champions League, centre-half, he's been a brilliant player. He's definitely fading. But just for Gordon to do that, mate, it just sums up the confidence the lad's got at the minute. I mean, I, I saw Carragher was talking about him tonight on Sky, how he should be the England squad. Um, for me, he should be a shoo-in for an England squad. I'm astounded he's not there. I think in 12 games now, he's got five goals and three assists. You know, he's he's the first name on the team sheet, I think, Mark, right now, in a black and white shirt. He, he really is. He's that he's that important, I would say. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, he, he pretty much epitomises an Eddie Howe Newcastle, doesn't he? It is... He's a wasp is a good good description, and if he is, he's, he's a you pest. got described as waspish earlier. I did, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But the, the first don't get come on, get it right. The first half of it was nice. They said sharp and witty, then they said waspish. Come on, don't cut out the nice, the nice bits. You just go straight for the wasp. No, look, look, he, he does have that in him, doesn't he? He's got that 
nastiness to his to yes, his that shit house streak in him. He's got yeah. that as well, and he yeah, and he, I love that. He, he does. He, he he will never stop running. He's a little bit like Miggy the other side, but but a lot more. He has a lot more dark arts to his game than Miggy. Aggressive. He's, he's got the aggression. Yeah, Miggy's just very smiley, isn't he? You know what I mean? Whereas, whereas... yeah, I, I wish Gordon would cut out the rolling round, and that he does go down particularly easily at times, and, and I think that that will. That might bite him at times. But the way he gets stuck in, the way he, he runs at players, he, he pressures it. Like I say, it epitomises this Newcastle side because of this this really high press, this high-intensity football that, that Eddie Howell has been playing. He he just He's perfect in that role. And down that left-hand side, he, he just he terrorises defenders because he just won't stop. And he makes good players look average. And a lot of fans around the country have kind of sat back. And Chelsea fans as well. Chelsea fans that looked at it and went, couldn't believe that they were they were bidding for him. And look at him and go, wish we got him now. That 45 million quid is a bargain for that killer. Absolutely. It really is. But he was he was brilliant. Um he took his goal really, really well. And, and funny enough, I, I sort of was in the, the process of sending you a message in the first half saying. He's taking one touch too many in that first half, and, and he, he's prone to do that at times, where he just he sort of overthinks it and, and tries to take that 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 final touch before he does something, rather than just instinctively play the ball or or shoot. Second half, he didn't do that, and you you see that from the you know from the ball that he plays in for the cells header. Um, which, did by you, the way, is brilliant. Did, did you text Eddie instead of me, and that, that's why he changed the game plan? <laughs> But it, it was it was that moment where he just shifts the ball and the first half he would have taken a touch just to steady himself and see what was there. It was instinctive second half. He played the ball and the, the goal as well where he, he cuts in. And as he cuts back, you can almost see the thought process going as, as soon as I've switched this, this is going in. Yeah. He doesn't then and you've seen from previous ones where he just where he cuts back, he just tries to take that that extra touch. And like I say, second half, he was brilliant because he didn't do that. Everything was on instinct and, and, it, and it opened up so many um, so many channels for him. And he, he, you know, he, he ran down, he got the, the free kick that, that ultimately led to um, to James getting sent off, um, which was given <laughs> his previous comments about playing at St. James's Park was, was tremendous in itself. Yeah, well, it was quite funny. I've got to give a big honourable shout out to that. I think was this uh, Max Pye on uh, on X? I think it might have been possible because he's he's quite a genius with that. And uh, somebody decided to mock up Jacob Murphy doing the wave at uh, Reese James, who was utterly shit, by the way. I said it in the post match. Overrated. He falls into the same category as you know the the Pogba scenario for me. People always used to say Jack Green, sorry, Jack uh, Wilshire was was overrated. Now, I always thought there was a player in Wilshire. Um, I do not see what the big hype is with Reese James. I really don't. He barely plays. He's made a fucking glass. And the only time he actually played a consecutive run of games, he was at Derby County on loan or something like that. He's way down the pecking order um, for the right back in my position. You know, when you've got, um, you know, uh, Walker, Trips, Trent, um, you know, he's way behind that. He's way behind that. You know, he's miles away. And you've got Livermento coming through. Honourable mention to Livermento, Mark, before we move on to the, the game tomorrow. Livermento was sensational. I thought again at left back, he just he just doesn't let you down. He he, he was he was he was giving you an option going forward. He was great coming back. He put one of them brilliant uh, recovery challenges in. He has no right to make whatsoever because his pace just gets him there. And he looks so comfortable at left back. I mean, I, I really want Lewis Hall to succeed at Newcastle because I really think he's a player there. You know, and, and I love what Dan Byrne does. But listen, if Tino's going to fill in like that at left back. And it, you know he'll he'll play tomorrow, and if he has a great game tomorrow at left back, mate, he could make that position his own, couldn't he? Yeah, look, he could. It's weird, isn't it? Because before he signed, it was there were loads of people that were saying that. Me too, you know, mate. Could, I was saying why they were signing. What did we need him? We didn't need him. Did there, there was that, but but also there were loads of people that were saying, look, he, he can play left, left back. He can play left back, and 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 mm. I was one that was said, well. When's he done it? Because he'd not done it at this level. He'd not shown anything that he could be. He'd been fantastic at right back, but he'd not shown playing at left back. And he's he's just shown the ability to just he's a bloody good so versatile. So versatile, man. 
And I think he, I mean, he is absolutely the the ready-made replacement for for Kieran Trippier when Kieran oh, Trippier to, to hang on his boots or, or move on or, or move into the backroom staff or whatever happens there. But we'll, I think we'll see Trippier start to wind down over the next 18 months or so. Yeah. Um, but Livermento is, is ready-made to do that and can play left and right. Um, and it kind of goes in, in his favour for England because... Well, Graham's well, just Graham's just saying that he could be a late he could be a late entry, you know. Absolutely right. He he he's genuinely that good, and he's I think he's a better defending right back than than Trent Alexander Arnold. That's a whole other story. With like, yeah, we're, we're not getting to that one. Yeah, we're not getting that one. You know, Kyle Walker I think is the standout right back in in the league. Really, even Trippy's on that level, mm. and then you look at well. Who's who's next? And and in terms of getting both forward and back, I think Livermento's in that in that shout. Trent is exceptional going forward. He's brilliant with the ball at his feet, but he can't defend to save his life. No. Livermento can, but also Livermento has now shown that he can give you versatility by playing left and right, just as Kieran Trippier um, does. So if Trippier does decide to hang up his international boots, for example, then you've you've got a ready-made replacement there as well in in that regard too. Absolutely. But we'll, we'll push on because we've got loads of out of tunes tonight. Honestly, the, the banter bus there does, does get filled with the out of tunes tonight. But we have got a comment there. I'm just about to pull up. You just clicked it away. Uh, oh. Ty, has, Ty has done it in the super chat. So £5 awards are Christmas drinks. Thank, Thank you so much, Ty. We really appreciate that. Uh, Mark drinks like a fish. Uh, that probably won't go very far, but we'll, we'll try <laughs> our best. I'm only joking. Hey. Really, really generous of you, mate. Really generous of you. Really appreciate that. Uh, yeah, Ross is just mentioning there. I think the boy from um, uh, Man U looked good, didn't he? Kobe Manu um, looked good at the weekend. Uh, Garnacho's, I mean, Garnacho's over there. Kick was sensational, really. Um, but yeah, Miley, Miley and Hall definitely give us um, some excitement, you know, in terms of the future. Ross, you know, as does Libramento. As well, you know what I mean. We've got some real exciting talent come through. And people forget Isaac is still young and Botman's still young. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So we've got so much coming through. It's uh, it's really exciting times. I think Newcastle could definitely dominate for for years to come. But moving on to to tomorrow. Um, obviously, we did our preview today. Came out this morning. Most of you guys probably watched it. Huge game, Mark. Tomorrow. Um, you know, for me, if we don't win, we're probably out of Europe. Um, is it necessarily a bad thing? If we are or not, um, how do you how do you view it? There's, Obviously, there's we want two, to win, but yeah, you know. I, th- I think that there, there's definitely the two ways of looking at it. Is you want to win because you want to continue the Champions League journey, and, and I think that that's a fair fair call. But if the if the worst is to happen tomorrow, you, do you want the Europa League? Do you want to then go and beat Milan at home in, in the last game and, and get into that? Thursday, th- Sunday, ugh, I can't speak. Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday, sort of. of That's that as a nice which, slog, that. Which I've never quite understood the 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 massive hate for doing that because I don't understand what the difference is between Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday. So the number of days between the games is exactly the same. But there we go. I think it's just about timings of games and stuff like that. But I think there's an element that if you wants to go, yes, let's get through, let's get through to the next round and, and go through and see what happens. But then the alternative is, with the injury crisis, the less games, the, the better almost, and, and keep that fight up for the top four, top five this season. Um, you, I'm not saying you want to go out and, 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 and lose tomorrow and, and, and have that journey end. Not the end of the world, um, but you want to be in it. I, th- I think going in and seeing what happens next, the, the amount of money that comes in from sponsorships and from, from games and, and stuff like that is, is it will be incredible. Um, and you never know in knockout, you know, when you get to, to, to sort of knockout football, anything could happen. Um, we've seen it. We go back to, to like to Leeds getting to the semi-finals um, back when they were, were flying. Um, so this, you know, anything can happen in that regard, but it's, it is a huge game. Um, and, I think PSG will be looking for a little bit of retribution for what happened at St James's Park, but I think they're vulnerable. Like you said, they they do have gaps in their defence which Newcastle can, can exploit. They're not used to coming up against sides, particularly obviously in France, that have this high intensity, high press system. 
French teams don't do it, um, or not many of them are, okay, are capable of doing it. And we also know that when PSG do struggle, they crumble. So if Newcastle can get an early goal, or they can keep the crowd, the crowd on the backs of, of the PSG players, then they start to they, they start to, to struggle in their own game. They start to stop blaming each other for the things you see. The likes of Mbappe completely loses loses focus. He loses his his positive attitude, like he did at St James's Park, where he just strolls around. There's definitely definitely something there for Newcastle tomorrow, and I I, I do think that there'll be a result there. Yeah, I did laugh at Mbappe. It was uh, he was wrapped about. He was uh, trekking to uh, the Antarctic, I think, in the in the training session. I could barely recognise it was him. He had a snood and a blanket and everything on, and a bloody neckerchief and everything for God's sake. But uh, but yeah, I mean, we are training at the at their stadium, which is a new thing. Eddie didn't do that previously, so he uh, he was asked about that a lot in the press conference. I watched it earlier, um, and he said he just wanted to try something a little bit different. I think in terms of. Uh, you know, training and getting a feel for the grass, and it would be, it would be a masterstroke if uh, this turns out getting as the result. You know, it'll almost be like anyhow the genius once again, really. But him and Nick Pope were up in front of the the cameras, um, you know, and obviously they, they conducted themselves really well. But yeah, it's nice that we're training at the ground. I think to get a bit of a feel for it, get a bit of an understanding, a bit maybe check whatever areas are kind of, um, you know. The thick grass, one area, or maybe a slant here or there, or you know, if there's an incline on the on the pitch, you know, a bit like at St James's. So I think it is a good thing to do with training there because you get a good feel for it, and you get a good feel for the space uh, of the of the grass. You know, people say, oh, it's a big pitch and stuff, and people think they're talking shit, but it is true. You know, grounds are very very different; they're built on different kind of um, you know inclines and everything else as well. So so I think it's a really really Good idea. Uh, we've got a comment there from, uh, is that ex-Ghetto24? He thinks Paris uh, will avenge the first leg. Uh, there's the context that it's a home game. We're good at home, winning 4-1 like you did in the first leg. So you must be a PSG fan. Thanks for joining the comments, mate. Always welcome here. Uh, I think it will be a tough game. I think you're right. I think uh, Paris Saint-Germain will definitely want some revenge against us. Their supporters certainly will want some revenge because they were battered at St. James and they didn't turn up at all. They didn't turn up whatsoever. I, th I think they rocked up to town and they thought, oh, we'll beat Newcastle the shit. Uh, and at their peril, obviously, because they caught Newcastle at their pressing intense best and they couldn't deal with it. But I did watch the highlights of them against Monaco Mark and they, they look like they've got a little bit zip about them and Dembele scored an absolute world. He looked really sharp. Um, and Babbitt got a pen. Ramos was in on the action as well. You know, so that it is going to be, it is going to be, I think, a tough game. And hi from France, says Ghetto. Hi from you. Bonjour to you, Ghetto. Thank you so much for joining the comments. But yeah, I think it is going to be a tough game. It's, this is the kind of game you wanted to play in the Champions League, isn't it? You wanted to be at the Parc de France like this to, you know, the, the destiny's in your own hand. The group of death, you know, is hanging by a thin thread, really, isn't it, Mark? You know, if either one of those teams draw and the other one wins, you could bump yourself up from bottom to second, couldn't you, quite easily uh, with the result. Yeah, I mean, it, absolutely right. I, I mean, it's it's one of those where a, a defeat, they're out. Uh, it's, it's obviously, if um, Dortmund get, get anything out of their game too, I think that, that's done and dusted, isn't it? So, yeah. um, I do think there's a result there. I think that PSG are good at home. Um, Gero's absolutely right in, in that regard, obviously, as a, as a fan. He'll know that more than we do. Um, but I, I still do think that there are vulnerabilities in that, in that side. And and like I said, we've seen it in in the Champions League before when when things don't go quite go their way, they they do have this tendency to to crumble at times. So, but on their day, they're they're absolutely exceptional. And and if you catch Mbappe and and, and the likes on their best day, it's going to be really really tough. And it could be a long night. It really could. Um, but Jenny, we just think there's a result there. Well, I, th I think we have to defend resolutely, I think, you know, and that back four, like I say, with Tino, uh, Trippier looked brilliant again on the weekend. I thought he, that rest really did him the world of good, I think. Um, you know, and he, he, he looked so sharp again and, you know, Cher looked great as well. Lascelles, Lascelles was great when he sticks to what he's good at, when he tries to go maraud and runs like he's bottom and Cher gets himself in a bit of trouble. So I really hope he doesn't do too much of that. Yeah, more for headers, you know, which was brilliant, Jamal, but try not to run with the ball too much. But we're solid at the back. You know, and I think if we defend resolutely and Nick Pope doesn't have any more crazy kicks that go straight to an opposing player, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll be good. And, and with that midfield, that midfield works well. You know, even with Miley in there, from what we saw, you know, Bruno and Joe 
on top of their game at the weekend. And if if they do the same thing and get rattling in amongst, there's no love lost between Nagati and, and and our Brazilian boys either. There's a bit of fucking needle there. So then there's going to be a few tackles going in uh, in the, in 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 that performance. Uh, but then up front, we are just as dangerous as they are. I feel with our pace and our movement with Isaac, Gordon, and Miggy. You know that PSG defense will be on their toes with them three because they've got pace, they've got movement, they've got quality. You know, so we are no slouches going to this game. This is not an easy ride for PSG, you know, but but we have to hold it tight. We have to defend resolutely, I think, Mark, and, and keep it tight at the back, you know, and try to catch them maybe on a break early on. If we can get a goal or two in front, they may crumble again. You never know. They may think, oh, not again, you know. We could just get into the heads, but it's going to be a really good game. My worry is not the starting eleven. It's if, 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 if we have to go to the bench, that's my worry. You know what I mean? It's just... Uh, I'd be worried who would bring on. I love that from Mark. What price Miley to score? Jesus, Mark, could you imagine that week the boys had? Imagine rattling a 20-odd screamer off the bar at the Parc de France as well. Fucking hell, man. Just, wow. <laughs> what a player. What a player. I actually want it now, Mark. You've said that in the comments. I want it. But, uh, yeah. What do you think, Mark? I mean, in terms of off the bench, there's nobody really, is there? A bunch of kids. You know what I mean? It's, it's a worry, isn't it, if anyone has to come off the bench? It is, I mean, it was almost like that on, on Saturday as well. You looked at the bench and went, the 11 have to do the job. That, that starting 11 has to be the ones that that, that do the job first and, and get, get you over the line because you, you can't go to the likes of Richie and, um, but, you know, all of the coming and, and do a little bit of a job. But the, the kids just aren't going to be at that at that level. They're not, they're not quite ready for... But that level of game, I don't think yet. Um, so it, you are reliant on on who starts. I, I don't know if there's anybody due back. I don't. I know you touched on maybe no, I, I don't think we're going to see anybody. Sean hasn't travelled. Sean hasn't travelled. I think it's just going to be the same side. I think the comment there about uh, Ian saying is uh, is can uh, is Indwini and Diallo play. I, I think they're young enough that they don't have to be registered, isn't it? Because the, the is it, if you're younger than 19, is that right? You don't have to be registered to play, I think, if you're younger than 19? Or did they have to be registered in the Champions League? No, so I, I think sure. the, 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 the kids don't need to be. Um, no. So they, they should. I think they, they should be, be all right to, to be on yeah, the bench. Right. Um, other, otherwise, I mean, you, you're really struggling for numbers, aren't you? Um, so it, 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 could be, it could be. I'm just... While, while we're talking, I've been looking up to try and find it. Is there a price on it? I think Miley is an eight-time goal scorer. Uh, is that seven, seven to one? Seven Something to one. Like that. That's a bit low odds, isn't it? Um, something like that. Yeah, I'm trying to find it. The almost first yeah. goal scorer is on bet three six five. But it's yeah, it'd be twenty to one. Yeah, um, that's worth the so double. That's worth the double. Yeah, I'd, uh, yeah bet, res- bet responsibly, but I'd, I'd have yeah, a buy that. Yeah, Ian saying that uh, do they need to qualify as homegrown? I think they might do, possibly. Um, we'd have to look into that, I think, guys, to be honest with you. We're, we're not entirely sure on our Champions League uh, or Champions League uh, homegrown knowledge, but uh, yeah, yeah. It's been so long since I had to focus on it, really. I don't really know <laughs> it's a good excuse. It, it is a good excuse, you know. Normally, we're talking about fucking Rotherham away in the League Cup or something like that, which we'll probably get put out in. So it's been a long time uh, to worry about the Champions League. But yeah, it's going to be a really exciting game. We're going to be back uh, with a live post-match uh, on Tuesday night. So come and join us in the comments, as always, guys. It'll be good to hopefully talk about a great result for Newcastle. And listen, win, lose or draw, you know, We'll be there, ever more will be there. So come and join us in the comments and have a good chin wag about Newcastle United. But moving on to the last section of the night, as we always do, Mark, out of tune. We've got loads of out of tunes tonight. So absolute corkers. I, I'm going to start with my personal favourite, which we've just we've just put in. And I'm going to say it's my personal favourite because Lewis Dunk used one of my favourite insults of all time, which I use on a regular basis. Now, if you didn't see this already, everybody, this was the uh, Brighton Nottingham Forest game where Lewis Dunk, I think, did he get a yellow card? I think initially, yeah. Mark. And then and then he wasn't very happy with Anthony Taylor. And he, he did that kind of thing that a lot of us do when you're not happy with somebody. And you just, you know, you just, you just look, you, you pause for thought and you say, you fucking bellend, right? And normally in everyday life, you know, most people just go, oh, fuck you, mate, and they walk away, or you'll end up in a fight in a boozer. But in a football pitch, 
normally you get away with it because the ref can't hear you. Oh, no, 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 no. On this case, Anthony Taylor turned around, scrapped the yellow, bandaged the red, and the, the best bit was the clip of the other Brighton player saying... Heck, um, wasn't it? That came, what's that been given for? And he said, he called me a fucking bellend. And it was the funniest clip I've ever seen. And he's now going to have a two-match ban. The first player to have a ban for insulting the referee, Mark. What do you think? Is Anthony Taylor just being a little bit too precious here? Or do you think he's got a point? It is, but do you know who the last player to get sent off for insulting the referee I do. Was? I do, and I know who oh. he played for. Ah, it was Alan Smith for Newcastle. It was. Yeah. It was. Was, it, was it against Manchester United? I believe it may have been. May have been. Nine, I want to say. Maybe, when when like he was that, playing midfield. Okay. Yeah, I mean that's that's that was an incredible one that I read. But yeah, I mean yeah. those dunkers just said what we're all feeling. Um uh, <laughs> Anthony Taylor is a bell end. He is um, a bell end, he is a bell end. But yeah, look, you can have your opinion about a decision, you you just can't say things like that. And and no, I think Darren Bent was on talk sport earlier on saying you know he thought it was really it was it was a joke and stuff, but I'm sorry, you, mm. you just can't. And that, that's such a bad example if anybody hears that. Um and and there's other kind of uh, others have said since it's happened that there's a there's been sort of a at times of more of a crackdown on this at youth football, and that's the kind of thing that does spread because you you, you see that happen. Um we can joke about it because I think it's hilarious, but it has kind of a darker side to it that look, he deserves a red card for it um, because you just can't do that. Um, yes, you can F and Jeff, and the referees aren't going to to send you off for swearing, saying that's that's fucking ridiculous or whatever. You cannot call it, you cannot make it personal. Um, as funny as it is, he does deserve the red card. <laughs> Well, well, to be fair, from the ridiculous to the sublime, uh, this fella was breaking records again, Jude Bellingham. I did actually watch a little bit of the Real Madrid game, uh, and he's just, I mean, the kid is unbelievable. He just strolls around the pitch like he just owns it, you know. So Jude Bellingham has now beaten Cristiano Ronaldo's record at Real Madrid for his first 15 games, 14 goals. He's a midfielder, Mark. I mean... How amazing is this lad, man? I mean, it's just he just seems to get better every single fucking game, doesn't he? Look at the players he's beat. He's beat Ronaldo and the Stefano, who's like Stefano. two two club legends, you know, and he's a midfielder. It's, it's unbelievable. He's he's phenomenal. The, the other stat they got from that is that at Dortmund it was 14 goals and 42 games. Wow, back in <laughs> hell, that is unbelievable, man. The, 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 kid, the kid has grown up. And that's, is, prog- that's that's a player who's progressing. That's a player who's getting better and better and better, isn't it? And, and it's that it's that building block is again, isn't it? Of using Dortmund to kind of further your game, and they've proved that they can develop players from a young age. We've, we've seen it so many times with players that go through there when they're young. Holland being one as well. Um, Sancho, I think, could pro- probably do that if he if he ever gets back to playing again. But they, they utilise Dortmund because they've got such a good record at doing this. And he's just, he's flourished at, at Madrid. He's unbelievably good. Um, and to to beat those two, particularly in terms of number of goals for in that start for him, um, it is ridiculous. And, and yeah, it, I mean, Job's a, a decent player as well. Um, and I he think is. Part he plays that shit team down the road, though. That's a problem with them. Bad judgment, Job. I don't think he's going to be on the, the quite the same level as Jude, but he's he's no. he's going to be a decent player as well, and I can see him getting a, a fairly decent move at some point in the future if he he can de- continues his development as well. No, as long as he plays for them lot, I will go to my Scottish roots and call him Joby. <laughs> I won't call him Joby. Joe. I'll call him Joby, which is shite in Scottish. If you don't know that, anybody watching, so yeah, he's a, he's to leave that shit club. I think he probably will do. Fairly soon, in all fairness. But uh, there was some sad news as well uh, in the world of football, actually, just to slightly break away from the, the humour in the outer tune. We you know, we all heard the news, I think, over the weekend that the sad passing of Terry Venables, the former England manager, Barcelona manager, won the first league title in years for Barcelona. Uh, he won the FA Cup with Spurs. Uh, a real character of the game, Mark. I mean, you, you and I remember... Uh, you were 96 really well for, for two obvious reasons, me being a Scottish fan at the time and you being an English fan. But, but you know, Venables was a great manager, a real charismatic character as well. I, I've listened to um, 
Shearer and Lineker talking so you know affectionately about him on on, on their podcast. The rest is football, and uh, a real sad loss, mate. I mean, he struggled with a, an illness long term, you know, and a, a real sad loss, you know, for for the game. I think as well, he seemed like a real character to me. Yeah, I mean, England fans absolutely adore him. I think he's he's played in certainly in my life, but I think the, the the best football I think England have ever played. I think so. Um, that '96 tournament in England was sensational under under Venables, man. Yeah, in 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 my what is it for my 42 years now that I've just 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 hit that he, he's definitely managed the the best looking England side in terms of the way that they play. Um, '96, we were a, a Gaza stud away from from getting to the final. Um, we played some brilliant football that game against. Um, Holland was was one of the best games I've seen um, in England play. I think you can you can put that right alongside the the, the Germany game. Um, he he was a character. I mean, he did so much other than football, didn't he? With he wrote books. He, I think he wrote a TV show. Um, he did. He did. Yeah. He was just, yeah. But genuinely, you, you, you listen to. To people talk, he's just a genuinely, genuinely lovely bloke, and um, he, yeah, he sadly missed. And I think I said to you the, 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 when this came out that he's the third one now, of, of, like since I was watching football that I can remember. That's my first three England managers. Yeah, Obviously, gone. Yeah, Bobby, Graham Taylor, and uh, and and now I'll tell that they've all gone. Really sad. Just a sign of you, you getting on, and it is really sad. I mean, again, he's he's only eighty. Um, I didn't, I genuinely didn't know he was was ill either. So um, that's been been when, and it's just, it is, it's awful. It's it is really, really sad. Um, it's yeah. yeah, it's it's one of those, and they, they they creep up on you, don't they? And they they do bite, and and the thing particularly because of just. That those fond memories of, of '96, and I genuinely wish, wish we would managed to keep him on um, as England manager for longer than that 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 couple of years. Yeah, I mean Simon saying that he was 19 in 1996. He's got amazing memories of that summer in the pub watching as dismantle Holland Gaza's masterclass versus Scotland. Great music as the soundtrack as well. Nostalgia man, R.I.P. I'll tell absolutely. I, I do agree with that. I mean, it was a brilliant tournament. As Marcus is there, you know, Terry Venables' side was was worth watching. You know, in terms of even if you weren't an England supporter, the players is great stuff. Players, you know, big big players as well. I think Shearer said the team full of captains, but they all listened to him. You know, and they respected him for you know the manager that he was. And uh, you know, as Mark says there, you know, you were Gaza stood away from getting that final, which England would have won easily. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he lost he lost a penalty shootout in the European Cup final with Barcelona. He would have won Barcelona's first European Cup. You know, and he's he's already had some brilliant you know praise and everything else thrown at him. You know, by a former players, Pep Guardiola said some lovely things about him earlier as well because of how important he was for Barcelona's journey as well. So yeah, rest in peace. I'll tell you know uh, a real a real good manager and you know looks sounds like a really good guy as well so uh, you know he, he will he will be missed uh, but moving on from a great manager to uh, maybe a not so great manager over the years but listen he has got a new job you know so we, we wanted to talk about this um you know uh, because it, it's 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 great to see him back in work it is because we don't want anybody to cost a living crisis it's really difficult for people these days so let's all just uh, give steve bruce a round of applause for getting a job as the new area manager of kentucky fried chicken as you can see there with his uh, his colonel sanders suit and and tie and well you know finger licking good there's nothing better than a bucket with some gravy Oh, very nice. <laughs> As yeah, obviously we jest. That is the Rotherham owner who who was likened to Steve Bruce all over social media because he did see very scary resemblance. So it was that like Colonel Sanders and Steve Bruce had a baby. That's what it would look like. That's that's frightening. Man. That is scary thought. That is a scary, scary thought. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, Ian's gone in the comments already with that one. Oh, yeah, he was <laughs> Absolutely. That was uh, that was frightening. Frightened to say the least. But moving on to some better stories. Um, obviously, the the, the debut um, of uh, Fran- Francisco uh, Camada for uh, AC Milan. This kid might even play against us in James's Park. Massive thing for him, Mark. He got his debut at 15 years old in Serie A. 
Um, but, but this stat blew me out of the water. So it, under 15 level, <laughs> this kid has scored 485 goals in 89 games. I'm not fucking surprised he's making his first team debut at 15. That's that's like five goals a game. <laughs> that's fucking mental stuff. How has it taken him so long to make his debut if he scored genuinely? Um, I mean, it's incredible that he's that he, you know he's making his debut at that age. But Jesus, what a! I mean, there's, there's, I, I can't get my head around those figures. I mean, that's in, in those are like inflated Pelle sort of figures, aren't they? Mental, they're, they're, it's mental. Um, you've just unbelievable. Um, it reminds me of when we used to play football at the YMC. Remember that guy used to keep a goal record of every time I scored a goal or or, or our mate Danny scored a goal. And I think I, I left there with like seven hundred goals or something. I was like, did you count more? <laughs> so it was a little bit, little bit like that. I think, mate. To be fair, so uh, so yeah. It was, I never scored when you were nets though, you bastard. You always stopped me. No, even with a broken leg. No, even with a broken leg, where I tried to two foot you one on one, I forgot you had a broken ankle, didn't I? So yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think this kid will, will certainly keep going there. I think he'll be. Uh, He's going to be a hell of a player as <laughs> he got a camp for the addiction. <laughs> Fucking hell, let's hope not, Ian. The only thing he could do was play conkers by the time Sandro was going down the bookies, I think, right? So. Is, it, is that too soon? <laughs> no, about that. Jesus. That'd be the best thing. for Send him to Bible camp before we sign him and just tell him that Betton's a sin or something like that and he won't, uh, he won't do it. But I don't think we'll hear the last of that kid. I think he'll definitely be... Uh, He'll definitely be a player, I think. You know, you don't score that many goals at youth level and then disappear. You know, Michael Owen, you mentioned earlier, he was the same youth level. He scored shitloads of goals, so did Wayne Rooney. You know, and you know, and you know what happens to those kind of players that they often just become, you know, these these unbelievable players. And speaking of an unbelievable player, just to finish out of tune, he's been an unbelievable player all his career, but he's also been an unbelievable shithouse. And one of the funniest things I've ever seen in football happen to the one and only Sergio Ramos. Um, at the, the weekend. So he's playing for Sevilla. He puts a tackle in. Uh, I think it was at Sociedad they were playing, I think. Um, he puts a tackle in on the on the, on the, um, the, the attacking player, puts a tackle in. Uh, a, a typical Ramos, horrendous hatchet job tackle. Uh, he gets a second yellow card and the ref sends him off. All hell breaks loose. They all surround the referee. Sergio Ramos decides to scream in the referee's face and tell him to go check the VAR mark to which point the referee checks the VAR, realises it was a worse tackle than he thought, scraps a second yellow and gives him a straight red, thus giving him a three-match ban rather than a one-match ban. I think Sergio's face probably sums up the fact that that didn't quite go the way he wanted it to be. Do you have any sympathy for this world-renowned shithouse or not? No, not at all. I mean, it was an awful <laughs> challenge. I think in the, in, in the melee as well, I think Navas got sent off too. Um, ah. But... It, I mean, he's, he is the ultimate shit house, isn't he? Him, him alongside Pepe. Um, I think you can you can kind of look at them both and just think, yeah, they they sort of deserve each other, don't they? Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just the most ridiculous thing when you, you kind of complain that much about the challenge, which was a shocking, shocking it's tackle. An tackle. Awful tackle, um, man. The Sunday it's, league tackle. It's it is. a Sunday it's league tackle. It's in the side of the, the, the kid's leg. It's it's just it's just awful. It deserved a red card. I'm amazed the ref didn't send him off straight away. But just the fact that he's he's kicked off so much that the ref has gone and reviewed it. Obviously, VAR have, have jumped in and said, yeah, you need to have a look at this again. But the way he's still kicking off and then he get, gets it rescinded. I almost think when he, he goes to change it, Ramos thinks, oh, I've got away with that one. And then the red card's there as well. It's just brilliant. It is so funny. And is, it, is it something like his 27th red card of his career? Something he holds like that, the record in La Liga of, of, of 21 red cards, which wow. I'm sure he must be about 15 ahead of the next one. Um, Ian says he he has got some trophy cabinet. To be fair, the kid he has he has won everything going. And I did laugh when he presented um, Shakira with um, an award uh, for the song that slag off Jared Piquet. I'm pretty sure somewhere Jared Piquet was already kicking himself that his ex missus who looks phenomenal is getting an award for slagging him off in a song, but also presented by the player that he probably hates the most. It probably didn't go down very well. Uh, Hello to you, Weasel News. That's a great name. If you're a new uh, uh, viewer, subscribe. Uh, Like the video, guys, if you can as well. We've had quite a few views in the lives. You can smash a like on there. We we always appreciate that as well. Um, Comment there from Graham saying, last week, a story in Spain where the flight was cancelled and customers had an overnight in northern Spain, only for Ramos and Sevilla to rock up to take that flight as theirs. Uh, had gone 
tech. Oh, fucking hell. So they stole somebody's plane as well, Graham. Jesus, that's even worse. That's terrible. Yeah. Typical Ramos. What a twat he is, honestly. I bet you Salah was loving that when he got sent off. He'd be watching that eating popcorn somewhere, Mo Salah, <laughs> after that tackle with that bloody injury that he had as well. But, uh, but yeah, there's... Sorry, mate. Speaking, speaking of popcorn, the, the team photograph from, from Saturday with Willick. Joe Willock in the front yeah. with his, his hand in his bag of popcorn. I'm sorry, just, <laughs> just brilliant. Oh, it was. It was... It was absolutely, absolutely superb. It, it really was. But yeah, there's been loads of action going on in, in the altitude. All joking aside, there is a rumour that Steve Bruce might get the island job. We are going to keep an eye on that. And uh, we don't post a lot on TikTok, but many of you do have seen our TikToks, especially ones regarding our former manager. There may be something appearing on there if Steve Bruce becomes the island manager, because that is just too fucking good to not poke fun at. So uh, we'll be keeping an eye on that, Mark, for certain, and uh, just see what is uh, what is going on in the future. But that's us done for another episode of What's Going On. Thank you so much to all you guys in the comments. We always appreciate it. It always helps the episode flow. As we mentioned, if you can smash a like as well, it really helps with the old algorithms. Uh, and if you want to subscribe as well, we are so close to 6K. Recommend us to family and friends. Get us 6K for Christmas. We'll be buzzing. We've got some mint prizes, Mark, as well. I haven't, we're going to announce pretty soon. Once we get a bit closer for 6K, uh, that we're going to do giveaways on as well. Um, they're really good prizes as well. Something there, something to spruce up the home, I think, uh, is what I would say, without giving it too much away. But uh, a real fantastic prize. We're going to be back tomorrow after the PSG game. Hopefully, uh, Newcastle can get the job done and we'll be buzzing when we come back in for the post-match. But that's us done. Go and have a kip if you're in the UK, wherever you are in the world. Have a cracking day. Thanks for watching, everyone. See you later. Have a good one. Take care, guys. See you.